Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. <laughs> good. Doing, good. doing well. You don't All sound right. amused. Oh, you know, it's just, you never know how it is going in, and I thought I'd check, and my voice just dropped there. I can't begin to tell you why. We want to say thank you, everybody out there, for joining us for this episode. We'll get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's number four, capital C and corners, capital P in podcast, to save 10% off your order. The other is going to be for the, um, the folks in East Kentucky who are still trying to recover after the flooding. And um, lo and behold, I discover it's, it's actually now with the shiny off, it's actually worse because there are people who do not have the uh, – they don't have access to the um, medical supplies they need, and they're being boxed out over it. So people not getting things like, oh, I don't know, insulin or, or chronic medications they need. So oh, if you Jesus would like Christ. to help, yeah, yeah, they don't have the money for it. Settlements and payouts haven't been given, and um, they don't have anywhere to live, and they don't have the money to pay for, like, I don't know life-saving medications and that sort of stuff. So was that insulin, was insulin what that evil bitch in that pharmacy company decided to price gouge over a couple of years ago? Uh, I think so. Oh yeah. Fuck her. So, um, if you would like to help them, I'm going to recommend you go through Apple shop, a P P A L S H O P.org. Uh, they are on the ground. They know who needs what. And if they don't handle it directly, they'll direct you who it, to who it does. Or if you'd like to go through a small business that is local and distributing money directly to people that need it, I'm going to say go through Appalachian Apparel, and um, I know they're doing good work. And uh, with those being said, I'm going to pass the ball over to Matt. Uh, our other shout-out would go to Orlando Cologne. Uh, Orlando Cologne, uh, I hope he's going to have like a fantastic Christmas. Cologne, I hear he's going to uh, stay over the, the winter, the winter break in the Hall of Justice. That's where he's going to be spending his <laughs> his winter break. Why, Matt, that sounds like a segue. It's something of a segue. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice. It's gonna... <laughs> that is the best Super Friends cartoon, by the way, is Challenge of the Super Friends. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Everything um... else is a steep decline in quality steep decline yeah. yeah so uh all of that being said um you might have guessed we're doing something comic related tonight uh 
And uh, Brad, what are we doing? So we're doing another super. Well, we're doing another comic book team draft, but this time we're doing super villains. We are. We are handling the Legion of Doom, not the Road Warriors, um, but it's the Legion of Doom. So it's going to be DC villains with our typical snake draft format. And uh, the other um, restriction that we kind of agreed to collectively was that we're not picking up cosmic level entities. So you're not going to hear any of us be like, I'm taking dark side is yeah. my second pick. I'm picking the anti-monitor. It's like, no, <laughs> no, you can take, you can take lanterns. So like Sinestro is up for grabs and like Larflees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, um, but that, but that's not cosmic level. They're just like they're lanterns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's there's been anywhere from three to five of them on Earth for years. So, Brad, what's our uh, our snake draft draw this time? So Matt is going first, Shad oh. is going second, and I'm going third. Wow, I don't think we've had. Uh, I've never been in the second slot, and Matt, I don't think you've been in the first slot, I have you? Don't believe I've ever been the first. That's uh, that's right. exciting. I All actually right. I actually pulled it and it was the exact same order as last time, so I re I redid it. You redid it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to get too comfortable. So mm. our our typical well, I didn't, format. I didn't want to. Being the middle one is like the least fun spot in my opinion. So oh, I wanted you don't to get the double picks. Yeah, if it would have come out the same a second time, that's just how it would have been. But I wanted to give a, us all a shot to pick in a different spot. So. Yeah, and um. So we're doing our snake draft. Hmm. Matt will go first, then me, then Brad will get his two, back to me, back to Matt for two, and so on. And we are doing our standard format of uh, five main picks and then a couple of reservists. So, um, Matt, the floor is yours for our, our kickoff. This is really interesting. I was thrown for a loop because I was not anticipating going first. So – I. I was doing my list and thinking of a specific character in mind where it's like, well, I could probably have this character be the leader because people will probably not pick him. People will probably pick other people. But I'm actually going to change it up. I'm going to change my answer from who I was going to go with. I won't say who it is because I might might pick this this individual in a a later draft choice. But uh, I'm going to say for my Legion of Doom – I'm going to choose as my leader, heavy hitter guys, guys, someone who is really a major DC villain. Yeah. I'm actually going to go with Brainiac. Ooh, Brainiac. That's, that's not, he's not exactly like a cosmic character. He's just. Now are you you going to go with, um, are you going to go with like the more alien Brainiac of like the post-crisis era? Are you going to go for like the old school, like metallic Brainiac? Uh, well, which, which is which? It's like the I'm gonna go with like the old what I consider like the classic like green skinned one, oh. very humanoid. Okay. See, I'm my, not gonna my favorite. I'm not is, gonna go with like that. Oh, yeah, um, the squid but, one, the guy in the giant squid one is my favorite. Yeah, the one who's like when he's in his body, it's almost like were they trying to like do? Were they trying to ape like Ultron? Because he had this like scary, almost like skeleton like silver body for time right after post crisis. He. Yeah. he I don't know what he was like in the Silver Age because he might have predated Ultron, but in that form, so I don't know mm-hmm. what he looked like in like the the 60s. I'm not sure. Um, 
But I know which one you're talking about, Brad. We're talking about the uh, the the one that you saw on Super Friends that had the uh, the the steel body and the the see through skull. And mm. uh, let's see, he's animatronic incarnation. Well, uh, no, he had to have been green because Brainiac Five appeared in like the the early yeah. '60s, so he must have been green at least no, at the it, start. In yeah, the Super yeah. Friends, in the challenge of the Super Friends, uh, that version, like he was green, and I feel like he had like a weird, like character design because he had like a, like a tunic, but he had like, like, effectively like tights on. Yeah, <laughs> but short <laughs> tights, like briefs, like it was yeah. really weird. <laughs> there was this wonderful Cartoon Network commercial twenty years ago, where it was the Legion of Doom discussing things, and they kept getting sidetracked, and it's like. I, Brainiac, would like to have a referendum where I could have pants. Well, why don't you have pants? I don't know. Aren't you Brainiac? Yes. And they, Solomon Grundy won't pants, too. Mm. Um, <laughs> wonderful commercial. I used to love those, the, the Wonder Twin ones, where um, the one was pissed off. that Like, why do you get to be something cool? And I'm always something lame like ice. <laughs> I could get beat by a sponge. Doesn't yeah. even have to be an evil sponge. <laughs> Was that was that Harvey Birdman where it was some trial and they're like, well, where like how did you know Wonder Woman is doing that? And he's like, I was the bathwater. Oh, oh. But Brad. Oh, that was Matt. probably um that was probably the one where Apache Chief burned his crotch with hot coffee and he couldn't grow anymore. Oh no. That was a good show for about what one and a half seasons. They really kind of. Went off yeah, the rails I'm not with sure. That I never really got into it. Oh, that's mm. a great show. But Matt, I do like this pick. Uh, Brainiac is, you know, being such an intelligent foe and and being a leader to calculate all these outcomes and stuff. I and coming up with plans. There's been that's some. A... There's been mm-hmm. some retcons where I think he was the person that destroyed Krypton too. Uh, I think you're right. But I've they... seen some of that. Yeah, I and I actually think in uh in Superman, like the the Superman cartoon, mm-hmm. uh like Paul Denny worked on like in the nineties. Yeah. That came after obviously the what I consider the best Batman well yeah. show of all time. Like the Batman animated series. But the Superman animated series, like they did have that that version of Brainiac I thought was like really well done. And yeah. like scary almost. Mm-hmm. Like so I think that was good. But yes, you are Chad, you are correct. Like I since I actually got to go first, I I'm picking a character that I think that he he could if he obviously he would be like the the leader of it because he would be the one who the smartest like the most mm-hmm. brilliant intellect, but also someone who has he's a robot. I mean he has superhuman strength. He can he has uh, I believe he has like psychic powers too. Uh, at least incarnations of him. There's been like right. a bunch of them over the years, but he would serve as the leader he would come up with like nefarious plots that my legion is going to engage in but the one thing that i think that would be kind of like would bring him into conflict with the team and i think that you could you could really if you're writing this you could work out some some interesting drama is that he might have like a plan and a goal in mind and so he would be steering the team into accomplishing that goal and some of the other personalities on my team might be like why 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 am i doing this like how does this benefit me has profit me etc so there would maybe be some internal conflicts there where he'd have to kind of get people in line you're looking for some strife yes uh, can i 
this is like a not this is kind of like just a non sequitur maybe but like mm-hmm. i actually looking at all the different versions or incarnations of brainiac uh, i actually like brainiac 5 oh yeah yeah for the legion of superheroes and he's been in like a lot he's been in a lot of dc properties over the time mm-hmm. um but i actually liked brainiac 5 being is he brainiac? but he's he's uh he's heroic yes Am I am I wrong that he's like supposed to be a descendant? He is. He no he he's supposed to be a descendant. He's also kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, oh yeah, I mean he <laughs> it, the the version I remember best because I read the comic. He's kind of like um he's kind of like he's kind of like Lieutenant Commander Data if Data was like a prick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a dick. Yeah. He's a dick, but he's heroic. He's not he's like just an intentional. He's so intelligent, yeah, he's, he knows it. He's not like an intentional dick. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like super smart, and he doesn't have like regular human emotions, so he's kind of unintentionally a douche. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, yeah. and sometimes he likes to come up with elaborate plans mm-hmm. that he doesn't tell anyone else about, and then they think he's a traitor, and then you know. Because mm-hmm. he, he won't tell them about it, because he's like, well, Saturn Girl's on the team, and so, you know, that means there are other psychic people out there, and someone else could get into it. Yeah. Brainiac's got a lot of They're, possibilities, uh, Matt. I like him. Yeah. Did, I don't know if you guys ever read this, but it was like in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, did you guys read the Legion of Superheroes comic from the, the mid-2000s? The it was done. Mark Wade one? Yes. Yeah, I it read was, that one. That was really good because they um was, they, they brought mm-hmm. Supergirl in later, and they kind of it was kind of it was kind of like a reboot that I thought worked without Superboy in it, and then they kind of went back to the old one. But I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. that run. Yeah, that was really good. And off the top of my head, I can think of one one like storyline they did which was really really cool but it's like early on i want to say in the series i think it was early on i, I don't think it was too deep in it but they were they were facing a, a supervillain team uh terra firma i don't remember like he was in that terra firma team but uh, there was like this whole subplot where brainiac was dating or in love with dream girl and she like dies she like dies because of the supervillain terrorist organization. She dies, mm-hmm. and there's like this really dramatic, like intense scene that years later, like 20 years later, almost, I can still remember it. Uh, she's just like holding her body, and another superhero, another one of the Legion, comes up to him, and it's like, because he tells her like that he is going to fix her, and it's like, well, how she's dead? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you just? He's like, I'm thinking. And he's like, he's like, I'm out. I have to outthink death. And they're like, kind of just trying to console him, but also like, just completely nonplussed. Where it's like, well, what are you gonna do? Like, she's dead. Like, you, you have to let her go. And he's like, I'm not smart enough yet to like outthink death. And it's this really dramatic thing. And I think eventually, like, she comes. She is able to bring her back to life. Mm. Um, but I thought that that characterization was really cool because it's it's like he. He it kind of emphasized how intelligent he was, and also like how he could actually be doing something really heroic, and he could set himself to like a goal and achieve that goal. But mm-hmm. I thought it was really fascinating. It was a different take on 
on that character, but that character is obviously different from the actual Brainiac, who is purely a villain. I don't think he's ever been like a nice guy. <laughs> no, no. But he would be my um, he would be my first choice as the leader. That's a good pick, Matt. Mm. I like that a lot. Okay, that comes to me now, doesn't it? Um, this is the one I was worried about because if I didn't pick this guy up, part of my concept was going to fall apart. Uh, and so I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a guy who is a leader, who's, uh, uh, you know, I'll go into all the reasons why, aside from the obvious, um, a little down the line, but I'll just say I'm going to pick up Sinestro here. Mm. That's a great choice. <laughs> you guys had me so worried that I wasn't going to get him. <laughs> I thought about taking him like in a later round. I wouldn't have had him as my um, as my leader, uh-huh. but I didn't almost I did it because and this is not me like criticizing your choice. because I think he's a great choice. Yeah, uh, I did not. I did not pick him just because I thought after the events of like uh, all the all the various lantern wars that have occurred in in D.C. over the last like. 20 years maybe yeah like i almost feel like he's too overpowered i don't i don't perceive him as like a cosmic level threat so I, i'm not saying like he's the equivalent of like a dark side or something like that but i felt like they really did a, a great job of amping him up like when you have like your own sinestro core like if your own light core yeah like i feel like you have you've arrived you're you're not like the 1960s challenge of this like schlub anymore like you're you're real deal yeah um, but i think he's a fantastic villain so i think that's a great choice yeah i i wouldn't have taken him just because like matt said with all the war of the lantern stuff last 20 years he's kind of a little played out for me i have a reason why but i'm gonna sit on it for the time being because i need another piece to be able to explain it um so uh, we'll come back around to it but okay. brad we're going over uh you get your first and second pick so I'm going to take my my leader guy. So I'm going to take Captain Cold for the Ooh, leader okay. of my group. So um, if, okay. So what my probably my favorite DC character is the Flash, um, especially the Wally West Flash, and uh-huh. all of the the characters that encompasses, which are the Rogues, which are you know Captain Cold, um, Heat Wave, Mirror Master. Um, Trickster. Yeah, Trickster, um, Weather Wizard. Captain Boomerang can be in that group, but um, mm-hmm. he's not been so much since, like, the 60s. And then, like, Abracadabra is really not. Um, he's kind of a step above them. But he's a, he's a guy that has played leadership roles, especially in, like, newer stuff. And... Um, he adds a nice element because until they've tried to screw them up recently, like the rogues have always had like a strict code of like not killing. And it's more about like the game for them than it is anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, it's, it's just about, can, can we beat him? Yeah. Cause they're <laughs> the, the justice league unlimited episode with the, the flash rogues in it is amazing because they're all sitting there at the bar and they're like, well, what are we going to do this time? And they come by to get their order and like, Oh milk. Oh God, I'm having such acid reflux today. Yeah. Um, 
so then I'm going to take my second pick. So I need some, I need a thinky guy to kind of, you know, scheme and do all that other stuff. So I'm going to actually take Gorilla Grodd as my number two. Because, Interesting. Because you always need a psychic gorilla with an with access to an advanced gorilla society. Okay. <laughs> Brad, that was going to be my number one if I was actually I had not become number one. Obviously, I was going to choose Gorilla Grodd. He was going to be my leader. That's a great pick. It is. And actually, Captain Cold is a great pick too. Like he he was. Not 100% on my list, but he was definitely marked down as someone that I might consider doing because I think that he's a great character. But I felt like to really, in my in my mind, like to do him right, while he would be great to serve as the leader, and I think that's a great pick, I, I personally would have probably done like a double pick of Captain Cold and Heat Wave. And I didn't know if I wanted to, to spend two picks on that. So I don't know. Maybe they would have been my like uh, my alternates. I don't know. But that's a great pick. Who is he voiced by in the Justice League cartoon? Broad? Yeah. Uh, That's a good question. Because I always think of, I always, when I always think of it, I always think of Ultra Humanite, which was, um, oh, I don't remember his name now. Yeah. Uh, gosh, now I'm going to forget that one too. But that he's, but that's my favorite. Um, that's my favorite. Uh, Grodd was voiced by Powers Booth. Okay. Oh. Yep. But um, that's a that's that's a, that's actually a good. I forget a lot of the staff the casting for that, but that's a good casting choice right there. He had he had the voice for it. But that had yeah. my favorite resolution of any of the Justice League ones is he turns on Luther and he's walking back to prison and he's like, "You're gonna keep our deal, right?" And Batman's like, "Sure, double what Luther paid." Oh, with Alter Human Eye? Yeah. yeah, it was great. Because that's the Cause... one. It, it, that's the two-parter where they capture Batman and Joker's like, no, you don't understand. Like, kill him now because he's going to cause yeah. problems. Yeah. And he causes problems. <laughs> and and yeah. Joker was right. Yeah. Joker was so right. <laughs> and there's a good, the, the Christmas special, he has a nice little thingy with Flash. <laughs> yes, he does. Because they do that with um, DJ Rubber Ducky. Yeah. <laughs> Grodd is a fun choice. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to actually comment on Grodd in just a second because I'm going to do my second pick and I'm going to I'm going to comment on Grodd and explain why I took Sinestro. Um, mm-hmm. My second pick is Black Adam to be my lieutenant. Mm. Aside from me being a Shazam family, Mark, but my the concept of my team is one day Sinestro and Black Adam had lunch and said, "Look, how are we going to make how are we going to make this this uh, Legion of Doom thing work? What are we going to do? How are we actually going to pull this off? Who are we going to bring in?" And they're sitting there and they're talking and they're like, "Okay, okay, we're going to make this list of people because this is who we need." And they're like, "Do we want Gorilla Grodd?" And it's like, "Gorilla Grodd is really smart and really capable, but he's a backstabbing prick, and I don't, <laughs> you know." So. That they didn't go with like as as great as Grodd is. They're like, no, 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 no. We can't we can't work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sinestro and Black Adam, between Korgar and Kondok, those guys have very similar outlooks. They're both very capable. They would be very like minded. Um, so you know that's my number one and number two. You get mm-hmm. you get the utility knife that is Sinestro and the flying brick that is Black Adam. That's a good choice. 
Uh, I'm not really surprised you picked him. <laughs> no, no, that, that 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 doesn't surprise anybody. It's listened to this podcast for a while. <laughs> He's been. Yeah. I, I I have a love hate relationship with Black Adam because I really liked him in JSA, but anyone that's tried to write him in the last twenty years has just made him a tryhard douche, and it bugs me. I I personally for me for my my idealized team like i would not have chosen him and i would have not have done that because i actually really really like him as like mm-hmm. a hero or anti-hero however you want to define him i actually like that i think i think that's actually the best use of the character when you have him be kind of this like morally ambiguous person that's not straight up a villain although yeah. i imagine that in your in your legion of doom like you would not just have him like be a straight up villain like he he might he might be doing the stuff with uh you know with sinestro but not yeah yeah like they they have they have specific goals in mind and they have their method figured out but it's not anything that's going to um object to them personal not anything that's going to be objectionable to them personally so that's why the the idea is that, that Sinestro and Black Adam had lunch and had this discussion because they say, okay, this is this is what we're going to build together, and and these are the people that are going to work. These are the people we're gonna we're gonna recruit because they'll work with us. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like Black Adam's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna blow up a nuclear power plant because I'm evil. It's like there's yeah. gonna be a like there's a conscientious reason behind why this group is working together doing what they're doing and so over the course of whoever's writing this book the idea is that they're they're building to something mm-hmm. and what it is and the stumbling blocks and the hero like that's that's all along the way so that you can have your you know you can have your conflict every issue but you can also have your run, long running storyline that way mm-hmm. so that's my that's my second pick, Matt. We're to you for your second and third. All right, that is uh yes, yeah, it's, it's a snake draft, so I do get to pick two. Two. I actually thought that maybe this character would have gotten picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am actually going to pick from Flash's Rogues Gallery. Uh, I am actually going to pick. I don't know if you consider him a lieutenant, but I think that he's someone who would be an interesting choice. I'm going to go with Reverse Flash. Which and I'm one? gonna, I'm gonna go. That's a quick, quick. That's exactly. That's the question you should ask. I'm gonna go yeah. with Everd Thawne, who uh, is obviously like a brilliant uh, uh, scientist and character in his own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's someone who I think could appreciate the kind of schemes of Brainiac and maybe be go along with it because he could see like the, uh, he can see the utility of a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you, if you want to have the the whole theme of like perhaps there's going to be conflict, it's like mm, Thon may think like he may have his own his own schemes that he wants to achieve. So he maybe there's a little pushback sometimes with with Brainiac. We'll see. Like that would be fun. But yeah. uh, I I I have always just generally, and this is a recurring motif in like comics and other things. I have always liked the whole like evil reverse clone of the superhero. Thing. Right. Like I've kind of always liked that. Like it doesn't really matter what universe it is. Like I kind of like that. Like Joker, I guess, is in, is in some ways like a reverse of Batman because he's, you know, he's crazy, 
uh, versus like Batman's Order. Uh, but even goes like Marvel Comics, like Marvel Comics is like Spider-Man, for example, is like one of the biggest, if not most popular Marvel characters of all time. Yeah. Uh, and who does he have as like his arch villain? It's like the Green Goblin. And I've even seen comic writers and everything break it down where it's like, well, you, you they're like somehow in the color palette, it's like they're kind of like a good opposing thing. It's like Spider-Man is like blue and red. It's like really bright, festive colors. And you have like this green purple one, like character for like Green Goblin. Yeah. I've seen it all explained like that, but I like that. I like the whole theme. I like the whole theme of like good guys are this way, and here's like a an evil version of them. Right. Uh, so I've always liked Reverse Flash. Like I've always loved that character. Um, it's always fascinated me. I generally think that the the TV version of Flash has it started off good, of which yeah. like the first the first like season villain was Reverse Flash. It was Thawne. Yeah. And I felt like it's slowly been progressively getting bad. It's getting really bad, but <laughs> uh, to the point where I stopped watching it. But uh, I did think they did it well in the in the TV series. Like that first, for sure, like that first season of Flash TV show, I thought was like exceptionally well done. It's like one of the best. That's uh, kind and, of like, every live... CW show is like it, mm-hmm. it. It immediately becomes a law of diminishing returns past the first season. Yeah, that's true. I felt like but, uh, Flash hung on a bit longer than than the first season. Even, like even Green Arrow, they're like, "Hey, everyone fucking hates Speedy. Let's do a lot of Speedy." Yeah, yeah. The that's Arrow. I'm like, okay, you guys wanted to make a Batman show but couldn't get it, so you made Arrow. Yeah. But Flash to me seemed to keep a lot of like the heart of the character. You know what I fucking hated about uh, Green Arrow or Arrow as a show is, like, how much of a blatant hypocrite he was in his actions that they, like, never really addressed. Like, mm. he's like, hey, I want to get, um, I want to get back at these rich people, so I'm going to kill dozens upon dozens of these poor fuckers working their nine-to-five just to get by in life. Like, yeah. that's what, that's what really pissed me off with that show, and they never really addressed it. And I'm like, this is the typical, like, kind of hypocrisy I would um expect from someone like with his like on his crusade but like i wish someone would call him out on it because it was blatant and it bothered me a lot on that show oh and he'd have the moral quandary whenever he finally got to the guy yeah it's like no i don't kill and it's like dude did you look behind you yeah (laughs) it's kind of like clerks when they talk about like well yeah the the empire was bad but what about like the mechanic that's just trying to you know, I guarantee, feed his I guarantee family. your average stormtrooper doesn't know how to install a toilet. Yeah, like that's kind yeah. of my problem with with Arrow, and it just and also like, um, like I don't remember the bodyguard's name, but like all the stuff that was always getting him in trouble, like he was just oh, such a blatant yeah. hypocrite. But they never like Diggle. Yeah, Diggle, and and my wife even hated the show because she, she pointed out like he's such a hypocrite, and then. And they don't yeah. like he doesn't face like real consequences for it. And that's that how... show I knew had problems when I, third or fourth season or something, they had the tomb and they don't know who's in it and all that sort of stuff. And then at the end, they reveal it. And the writers didn't know who was in it. Like they went the whole season without deciding who it was going to be. So Jamie Abrams I, wrote it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. But 
Jeez. Well, I felt like the Flash show held on better than that. Yes, yeah, uh, I do too. I I think that the first, I'll say three seasons of Flash were very good, but there was diminishing returns. Like the first season was really good. Second season, not as good, but still pretty good. Third season, it's like, nah, you're kind of pushing this, but it's it's still pretty decent. Okay. Fourth season, I felt was like, bad well, so so with the... this season i felt got better but um it was still kind of bad and then i, I kind of stopped watching after the fifth my wife has tried a couple of cw shows and she always falls off in the second season because it's like it's like what they do is they're like we're gonna give you this season long arc of getting these two characters together in a relationship and oh season mm. two like we need a storyline so we're gonna break them up right away yeah. and then we're gonna go back to that story again and it's just like yeah. okay guys yeah. whatever I, this this is not exactly comic related it kind of is because the com the characters are comic book characters technically mm-hmm. but archie uh riverdale the show riverdale yeah which is based on archie comics like right. they just finished like the sixth season and they're bringing it back for one final season which i think i think it's even like a half season that begins in like it's going to be like in the spring that of show 2023. had a lot of problems it, it it does. Like um, I don't think the people that wrote that have ever talked to a person that's over the age of twenty years old the way they write the adults on that show. Oh, and it's done by. I have to look it up. It's done by a character who I think like previously worked on Glee, or oh god, Glee. And it it was also <laughs> it, this person I believe is like LGBTQ, which that's fine except for let's like if you want to make a show. Then make it for the audience it's supposed to be and not just like your own like niche yeah. audience because the show – I only bring it up because it's like I, I wish I could sit down and tell you how completely batshit insane this has got – this show has got. <laughs> what, and, you know. and, and annoying. Partly the annoying is that every other episode – just turn into like a musical and it's like all of a sudden they would start break out in like a song number and it's like what you i would just be like throw my hands up in the air and it's like what what why why are they doing this it anyway this last season they it's like they so clearly it's like okay y'all have nothing left you're just throwing whatever you can against the wall <laughs> and seeing what's stuck multiple characters almost all the characters developed superpowers oh, randomly God. and the main what? villain the main villain was this guy who was was revealed as like a centuries old sorcerer who I'm was sorry, to, what? Trying to get revenge on the town. I'm rolling my eyes super hard right now. Because he made a deal in like a, a colonial pilgrim days uh with the devil. It's <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's I, I wait, cannot wait, tell you on. how crazy it's been. I have to do a follow up, Matt. Did at any point Archie put in a phone call and have his friend Punisher show up to help? No, but there was some <laughs> there was some crossover with uh, Sabrina because the same I think creative mm. team was responsible for the Netflix Sabrina show. Oh, that Sabrina show oh. sucked so hard. Uh, there was four seasons. Uh, my wife and I are have done two of them, and we are kind of slowly working through like the third season i i we we tried a couple episodes and i just couldn't do it like the wednesday show is so much better than sabrina is like it's we not haven't funny we haven't started the wednesday show but it's, um it's surprisingly good and it's 
Well, Tim Burton's doing it, which you'll figure out the second you see the visuals. Because I asked my wife, and she was like, "Yes," because you know you can you can smell a Tim Burton thing mm. like 20 miles away. But um, they it feels very much like it. Um, like you could you could attach this to the TV series to the original movies, and it wouldn't feel out of place. Like she's very well. Christina Ricci's actually in it, but she, mm-hmm. you can tell the the actress that plays Wednesday really studied that role, and like the writers really, it's really like a loving tribute to her character and like the one-liners and stuff. The only mm. the only problem I have with like the way they cast the Adams is um I can't think of his name. The guy they cast as Gomez is terrible. Um, Louise uh, Guzman. Yeah, he's yeah, terrible. Louise, yeah, he's fucking terrible. Is, is Gomez like? Cause, cause we were watching it, and like it's fine if Gomez is a little fat and dumpy, but I, I, I was sitting there telling my wife like I have to believe for like five seconds that Catherine Zeta Jones would fuck that guy, and it's just not happening. <clears throat> Louise Guzman. Yeah, he's oh, okay. not. I'm he's sorry, not, I said it wrong. And he, no, he's not, I mean, like, he's... good at the role because he's kind of awkward and weird. But, like, Gomez should be, like, this hyper extrovert. Mm. And, I mean, really, like, when you're talking about comparing up to, like, John Aston or, like, Raul Julia, like, you, you've mm. got a you've got a you've got a big fucking job to do. Yeah, yeah. you've got some big shoes to fill. Yeah. Luis Guzman does. Uh, I think our friend Justin maybe pointed it out. Or our friend Terry, like I forget who, but like they, he does look like the old Adams Family comic, like from years and years ago. Like he, he does. Luis Guzman actually does look like Gomez, yeah, from that comic. So it's visually, it's kind of like the same. And I actually think that Luis Guzman is a good actor and he's or just not a, a, he's just not a good comedic actor. Uh, yeah, it's just it's an it's. I think we, the problem is like Raúl Julia was like so fun back in the day. Yeah, and like the the probably the movies that we're familiar with, like he was fun as Gomez Adams, and also if you want to go back to the old like Adams Family show, uh, John Aston was actually fun. So I, I maybe that's probably why it's like mm, kind of like not great with him. Uh, doesn't isn't Catherine Zeta Jones is like Morticia? Yeah, she's Morticia. Mm-hmm. She's actually pretty solid as Morticia. They're not the other Adams are not in it very much. Hmm. It's strictly like a Wednesday thing. Um, I've only watched three episodes. The third episode wasn't quite as good, but it's got like a lot of potential because it's her going to like a school of like supernatural people. And it's like the school her parents went to and stuff. Oh, so it's kind of like it's kind of like a twisted Harry Potter ish story. Mm hmm. Hmm. Okay. She essentially gets sent there because she she gets into shenanigans with normal oh, John people. John Aston is still. Alive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm John Aston's still alive. Mm. He's still kicking it. Ninety-two years old. Yeah, man. God bless him. That's great. I think he retired from acting. Um. I mean, if you're ninety-two, like just yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Just recently, like I think within like the last five or six years, he retired. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Um, Matt, actually, that brings us back around to your third pick. It does. Uh, so I picked two, I felt, really strong characters, but I'm going to go with uh, a character that would basically serve as, like, some dumb muscle. Uh-huh. Uh, born on a Monday, oh, Solomon wow. Grundy. Solomon I'm going to choose Solomon Grundy because I, 
Uh, there are different versions where, like, sometimes he's intelligent, sometimes he's just, like, almost like a mindless zombie. Well, there's yeah, but... there's not one Solomon mm-hmm. Grundy. There's kind of multiples. Oh, okay. Uh, and he kind of is... kind of is like a zombie. It's hard to describe exactly what he is. Um, but he is superhumanly strong. He can regenerate, if I'm not mistaken. And he is effectively immortal. Um, mm-hmm. And he can't, he's a different, some incarnations at least are, for lack of a better way to put it, dumb enough that they can be um, manipulated. So I think that he would, he would effectively be like a good, you know, strong guy, muscle guy sure. for my team. So I would get a, I would pick him. I felt like he could probably be easily manipulated by Brainiac, uh, but he would still be fun and there some of the versions we've seen like in, in justice league and stuff like that i felt that were like uh i like the seven soldiers of victory appearance from him uh, that's an underrated uh, miniseries was was he in the was he in the, the demon boy one uh clary and the demon boy that's i there there i think there were grundy men right like yeah. there was like uh different different Grundy type of characters. Yeah. Was Seven Soldiers, was that done by Those Morrison Grant or Warren Moore, Ellis? Yeah. Grant Morrison. Or, okay. Because I remember it took like a really long time for that last issue to come out, and it was a tad bit disappointing, because I think it needed yeah. like one more issue. <clears throat> it, it's funny. I uh, You say Seven Soldiers of Victory. I actually, my brain actually goes back to the 60s version. Mm. Um, the... Because my grandfather had that in his his stack of comics, and it was the story of how the seven soldiers of victory were the ones that were foretold to defeat some kind of, of great threat. I can't remember what it was, but they were the ones that were able to assemble the weapon for it. But they're like, well, who's going to deliver it? Because it's got components in it that would wipe out anybody who could. And then one of the Red Tornado does it, and Red Tornado leaves no. He's like, ah, I'm just a robot. Don't worry about it. And they're like, No, you're not a robot. And he's like, I already gone by. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it even um, the his version even like like weaves in the Legion of Newsboys. Um, oh wow! Because okay. it's a flashback for um, I think it's the Guardian issues. Because mm-hmm. it's like uh-huh. the Guardian, Mister Miracle, Clarion, the Demon Boy. Um, the Shining Knight, yeah. um, Frankenstein. There was a cowboy. Don't, wasn't there a cowboy, Matt? Vigilante. Yeah, Vigilante. Um, but that's a really interesting series. It's like, I think it's it's six to eight miniseries that are four issues each. And then it's like, I think a zero issue, a number one, and a number two. Yeah. And like a lot of things that that Grant Morrison has written, uh, you wonder if he just like dropped acid before. That's pretty normal <laughs> wrote... by some of his stuff though. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like a lot of what I feel is avant-garde stuff. And yeah. I don't, I'm not saying that in the pejorative fashion. I do think that Grant Morrison is actually a good, a f- more favorite, uh, comic writer of mine. I like, like him, but he can get a little stuff. too up his own ass sometimes. Yes. Yes. That, that is fair. <laughs> He can be up his ass. Not as not as far up his ass as like Mark Miller gets, but Mark uh, Millar, or whatever, Millar, whatever, however it's pronounced. Yeah, and he's he's not like verifiably insane like um 
Um, oh, God, I can't talk tonight. The guy that did Dark Knight Returns. Frank Miller. Oh, yeah. Frank Miller, who's insane, and Alan Moore, who just needs to shut the fuck up and go away. <laughs> At this point, uh, yeah, he should just go off in his like, castle and practice chaos magic or whatever it is he does. Yeah, I, I like the stuff Alan Moore's done, but man, like when he talks, it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Honestly, like, it's, you're it's not... felt like um, some of the stuff that he's done has been... Like, when I, when I, the first time I read V for Vendetta... And the the um, police detective is investigating some one of V's old hideouts or where something happened to V or something like that. He goes there and he looks at everything and then he drops acid to figure it out. And it's like, dude, why? Just did you just do that because you wanted to be like, no, we can't figure it out without doing LSD. It's like, no, seriously, why? And it feels Mm -hmm. like that a lot of his stuff just has all of that in there. Um and I'm like, I have a hard time reading this stuff because it's like, honestly, was that necessary? Did you really need to do that? Or did you just throw it in because it's like, I'm writing an adult comic. And it's like, oh, God. My problem with him is like, if someone says like, well, Alan Moore commented on something, like I almost can, 95% of the time, I can tell you exactly what he's going to say. Like, that's how predictable he mm. is. And it's just like, just dude, like, just go away. It's like you're you're tarnishing your legacy by being a bitter old hermit person. <laughs> if if I hear that he's commented on something, it's like this isn't as good as mine. It's like, well, no, but you can't film yours the way you wrote it. It's not as good. And it's like, okay. And he's someone that likes to pontificate on stuff, and he's not quite as um smart as he thinks he is. Okay. A, lo- a lot of people have that problem. Um. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why we don't pontificate on like complicated issues on this show because, you know, you don't want to sound like an idiot. We might think of ourselves as reasonably smart people, but there's a line that you just don't want to dance on. Yeah. Um, and also the other side to it is we might want to think of ourselves as reasonably smart people. I, well, I mean, I mean, though, the problem is like. Especially like with political stuff, people will comment on stuff. They'll ask me, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, there, there's way too much nuance and like shit for me to have like a strong opinion on that one way or the other because I just don't fucking know. And I wish more people could, you know, just admit that. Yeah, instead of be like, nice. it has to be this one side that's aligned with my political ideology. And it's like, okay, like, okay. So backing away slowly. So. <clears throat> That was Solomon Grundy. Take us back on. Um, that comes back to me. And Matt, here's why I was worried. Because you mm-hmm. said, I'm taking reverse flash. I'm like, which one? And you said, uh, Thawn, because I'm taking Hunter Zolomon mm. in this spot. Because the idea is that um, you can get Zolomon to. He, he will work with you. His motivation is misery and tragedy builds character. So if he's involved with people who are stymieing heroes, he's on board. Like, it's not hard to get him on board. It's like, hey, we're going to, you know, do this stuff. Oh, do you think someone will try and stop us? Oh, absolutely. And it's like, oh, okay. And the other fun thing that makes um, Zolomon a little different than Thawne and the Flashes is that he is not tied to the Speed Force. He is 
a time manipulation thing. Mm -hmm. So he alters how time flows around him. So no matter how fast, whichever flash it is, is he's not quite fast enough to catch zoom. And so can Sinestro and black Adam get zoom to work with them? Yes, they can. And is zoom going to be a valuable member of the team? Like, could Sinestro or Black Adam handle Flash? A Flash, maybe, with you know enough forewarning. Like Adam's fast, but not that fast. Sinestro's smart, but if Flash shows up and you don't know he's coming, he's going to sucker punch you. But by having your own speedster, you can you can have something to do with that. So I'm picking up Zoom Hunter Zolomon. It's a good choice. I was thinking I said, about I, trying to take a different zoom, but I was like, no, I'll, I'll work around that. Okay. What were you saying, Matt? Uh, as I said, like I, I am a big fan of like the reverse flashes, so uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't complain about that pick. That's a good pick too. Yeah. All right. Which means we're going over to Brad for his number three. So I like Matt. Also needs some big dumb muscle. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, probably the best villain appearance on C-Lab 2021. Um, if you know what I mean. Also, um, there's a great issue. I think it's Superman that did that. Where they would kidnap people so they could save them. But so okay. I'm I'm taking Bizarro. Superman. Bizarro, I'm helping. Yes. Bizarro. <laughs> Because there, there was one, like, Superman or something, where there was, like, a whole Justice League of Bizarro. So there was, like, Bizarro Wonder Woman and, like, Bizarro Batman. And I think they had someone they were trying, like, they would, like, abduct people that they could save. Oh, okay. Um, It's your typical, it's your typical weird stuff. But, yes, they are the best C-Lab 2021. It's like, don't you mean you hate the Bizarros? It's so hard talking to the to a Bizarro because it's like you've got to remember to do everything backwards, but then you don't know which what they're going to take as being the backward thing or what they're going to take as you taking you a face value. Yeah, because because if you get deep down to it, like Bizarro Superman's not necessarily evil. No, he's confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's an interesting dichotomy. And if you read, like, his early appearances, which was in Superboy, like, he actually thought he was Superboy and, like, went home to the Kents and, like, they freaked out because, you know, there is a Bizarro sitting there. Yeah, um, I also remember a um, there was a comic where Bizarro had kidnapped Lois and took her to it was in a cave or somewhere. He had reconstructed Metropolis and he knew um, who the. uh he knew that he grew up on a farm in Kansas and he knew that he was, um, you know, he was Clark Kent and that sort of stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, wow. Um, this is, uh, not, and, and, and the end of it was not like he's trying to hurt anybody. He's just trying to live, but there's nobody there with him and he doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, Bizarro is interesting because he can be a very um, he can be a very sympathetic character. Or he can be very scary. Yeah, there's some very poignant stories you can tell with him. He also um, he also had um, 
he was a member of the group in Infinite Crisis that basically killed the Freedom Fighters, and that was a scary crew. Yeah. Um, so you know that's a that's that's a uh, yeah that that's that's there's there's a lot that can that you can do with Bizarro. So, yeah, who was your fourth? I just had it in my brain and I totally brain dumped it. Let's see. Wait, I'm looking at my list real quick. Um, let's go. Let's just go with a powerhouse to go with my Bizarro and take a Mazo. I'll be taking a Mazo. Yeah. All right, which version of a Mazo are we looking at here? Uh, the. The one that's kind of the brother to Red Tornado. Um, the green pants. Yeah. No shirt, red hair, Amazo. Yeah, the the typically the, the iconic version. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, uh, I, I Justice League Unlimited still in my head. It's uh, I I liked that version of Amazo too, if, but that was not. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't know what he is, he's essentially like the Super Scroll, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, um, he can copy heroes' powers, and then once he copies them, he just keeps them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he he was an android um, built by the same guy that built. Was he the same guy that built Red Tornado or not? Yes. Okay. It's hard to tell though because they screwed all that stuff up, so it's it's hard to. Well, okay. Now I gotta think because. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I'll be able to tell you in just a second. No. Uh, built by Professor Anthony Ivo. Yes, Ivo built Amazo. So, <clears throat> all right. Yeah, Amazo is scary because that is a lot of potential power coming down. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we've come back. We've come back to me. And unless Matt, you had anything you want to throw in on Amazo. No, I that's I actually had written a Mizo down as like possibly if I wasn't able to get uh Grundy as like the yeah. muscle. And I actually had also written down like Pizarro as a as muscle. Uh he would have been like a good pick because he's you can do a lot with that character I feel and he's I feel like he barely scratched the surface with him. Mm-hmm. Like he could be really impressive. So I actually that's a good had choice. Them. When when I played DC Universe Online, I had a villain that was basically an Amazo ripoff called Steelbreaker, and so the powers he took were out of the the hero's um, power sets. Like he had the the basics of being a flying brick, and then he had heat vision, and he had uh, you know that sort of stuff. So it's a it's a fun concept. You can do a lot of different stuff. Okay, uh, back to me. I, I'm looking down my list and. Uh, I'm seeing um, seeing some gaps, and one of the gaps that I I'm seeing is, yeah, Black Adam is magic powered, but he's not really a magic he's not really a mage a magic user, um, and so I got to thinking about like okay who would be a good magic person to have that's not a backstabbing weasel, so that kicks out like Felix Faust. Um, the alternate personality of Enchantress doesn't work. And I'm sitting here thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And finally I came up with somebody who is rational and reasonable and who 
would probably respect Black Adam and Sinestro enough to work with them, and that's why I picked up Circe. I thought you were going to go with Abracadabra. I, I went through a lot, a lot of um, the uh, a lot of the magic users in the DCU before I settled on Circe because Circe is an incredibly powerful mage, but she's also because it's comics. Sooner or later, you're going to have a throwdown fight, like you know, mm. multi-page spreads, that sort of stuff. Circe can hold her own in those cases. So um, that's that's why I'm going with Circe. It's a good choice, including some magic users in yeah. there. Like that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. It, it was it was a tough call. It was there was a lot of lot of pondering on that one. Mm-hmm. So all right. Um, unless Brad, you wanted to throw in there anywhere? No, he's a good he's a good. That's a good yeah. pick. All right, so Matt, we're going over for your four and five. All right, I uh, I'm gonna I'm forming like a really eclectic team. Like I think that like Shad, you have like some good uh, some continuity and some good like ideas there with like having some magic based users and stuff like that. But uh, I'm gonna include two people that kind of like I don't know that they necessarily fit <laughs> like as a theme. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to have like some female representation, yeah, in my team. Uh, so I'm gonna go with two people who are quite different, but I think they would serve a purpose. One just being like a like an old school uh, Legion Doom member. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cheetah. That's Cheetah, villain. Cheetah. Okay. You get you get multiple layers with her too because you get you get intelligence as well. Mm-hmm. Intelligent, superhumanly strong. I'm thinking more just like she's going to be like superhumanly agile and uh, not quite the speedster, obviously that that reverse flash is, but very fast, uh, super deadly in, at times. A great hand to hand combat person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like she can be used if there's like a stealth mission, perhaps. Like she could be used. Uh, she can creep around. She can do a lot of gymnastic stuff. Like I thought that you know, she would be like a really interesting addition to the team uh and my fifth one kind of going in that same vein but someone who is just stone cold deadly wouldn't necessarily be on the team in terms of like she's trying to achieve the goals like she believes in the goals like she's achieving that but more like she's kind of almost like a higher gun okay i'm gonna choose lady shiva Oh, that is a great pick. Lady Shiva has been done, I felt, well in years with some of the more martial arts characters in the DC Universe, mm-hmm. uh, including even like Richard Dragon. Like people yeah. always sleep on Richard Dragon. Richard Dragon's oh, like a great character. All the time. I love uh, Richard Dragon. Uh, she's had roles with Green Arrow. Uh, wasn't she also? She's revealed as like the, um, the mother of... Uh, Cassandra Kane Beckerel. Uh, I don't remember. She might have. I think she was. Um, I the thing that sticks out to me about Shiva is Shiva is the one that got got Bruce's groove back um, after he was healed from Bane breaking him. Yes. He went Shiva for training and she, she brought a, him back. She's not a hero, and I wouldn't even really describe her as like an anti-hero. She is just someone who 
can sometimes like be employed by heroic characters, but she is she is one of the world's greatest martial artists. Doesn't even have like superpowers, and yet she can go toe to toe with just about anyone because she is that that skilled and knows like every single martial art and is effectively a master at every martial art. I felt like she she'd be an interesting choice because she is just like a ringer almost like she she doesn't have the strength of grundy she's not as fast as flash she's not super agile like cheetah she's not brilliant like brainiac but she can kind of like if if he needed her to get something done as an assassin like she could probably handle that like she's just that good uh and if you we're going to do a storyline with legion of doom like she could be a great foil for batman she could keep batman like uh, occupied effectively mm-hmm. while Brainiac is like trying to accomplish his whatever his scheme is. So I think she'd be like a really fun pick. Yeah. She also, uh, she had a great um, time in Birds of Prey as well because she was mm-hmm. training Black Canary. But one thing that I see Shiva doing on your team that nobody else can do is Shiva can walk into about anywhere just as a regular person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, I'm not saying your Legion of Doom is going to be big into knocking over banks, but you know she could walk into a bank and basically case the joint without anybody paying any attention mm-hmm. because she, she's a person. She's an incredibly skilled and deadly person, but she's a person. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I love that pick. That's fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of Cassandra Kane, since you brought her up, that is one of the worst things Didio did was ruining her because – they had her in a Batgirl title that was self-sustaining for like 75 issues. They torpedoed mm-hmm. her and then they've like just been kicking it around between like Stephanie Brown and like failing over and over again with Barbara Gordon in that mm-hmm. title when people like Cassandra Kane And if they put her back as Batgirl, she'd probably do better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked her as Batgirl a lot. She brought a different element to it. And, um, the other thing you brought up, uh, Barbara, is, and you brought up Richard Dragon. I love Richard Dragon. Richard Dragon is one of my favorite characters. It's just nobody knows who the hell he is, so I never talk about him. Yeah. But it, it, depending on which series you go with, either Richard is slightly better than Shiva, or they're evenly matched, and you can have so much fun with that. Um. And it, yeah, that, oh god, that's such a good pick. That's such a good pick. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay, that comes back to me, doesn't it? Um. So for my fifth main slot, I was sitting here pondering, and I'm thinking, okay, I need somebody who's. Because the idea here is that it, nobody on my team is. They're all intelligent people you can work with kind of thing you know it's a my idea is that no they're not the most powerful people out there you know we're de- and like picking lex Luthor is just asking to get screwed because lex will dump you in a heartbeat for his own uh you know for whatever purpose he has but you i was thinking having a group of people willing to work together you can have this cohesive group that's going to be stronger than the sum of its parts sort of thing what do i what am i missing I'm sitting here going, what am I missing? What am I missing? And I realized, I'm like, oh, well, given that Sinestro, given that the group's plan could be far ranging and require lots of different things, 
from lots of different places. I'm ignoring about 70% of the planet. And that means that I'm going to go and I'm going to pick up Ocean Master. Hmm. Even though I don't love Ocean Master's name, the guy is a force to be reckoned with, you know, on par with Aquaman physically, but he has with with the up with his um enhanced trident, he's got magnetic field control, he's got he can influence the weather, you know, all this stuff. And and what is his what's his goal? He's like screw Aquaman and they're like, look, if you roll with us and we get this done, the league is going to try and stop us. You get a chance to punch Arthur in the face. And plus, you'd be a valued member of our team. We would see value in you where Atlantis is not giving you that credibility. You know, I believe they could they could recruit him and he could be a, a powerful member of the squad. So, yeah, he's Ocean a criminally Master. underutilized villain in the DCU. I think having the name Ocean Master kind of hurts him. They could have they could have worked around that. Yeah, he could have. They used a lot of really good water-based names on other people. Yeah. And it's Tempest and stuff like that. But yeah, Ocean Master, he's got some chops. He's got some serious chops. Yeah. So. So I'm up. Yep. Okay. So this for, is a, this is your last main roster pick. So for my last main roster pick. I'm going to do a spacey character, someone with some hmm. energy bolts, some strength, and um, who can fly. So I'm going to take Blackfire. Blackfire. Yes. Interesting. So if you don't know who Blackfire is, it's essentially evil Starfire. It's her sister, I believe, who sold her into slavery, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly from the comics. Um, so you get a little bit of strength, get some flying, um, some bloodthirsty you know, aggression and energy bolts. Yeah. You so, get some pew pew going there. Yeah. <laughs> which my team doesn't really have a lot of, so that'll That's be good. True. That's true. Uh, looking at your, yeah. Uh, you've got captain Colin Blackfire on the, the range duty there. Yeah. I uh, like that. I thought about taking Blackfire too, but ended up not putting her on my list. I, I thought about taking Larflees for the lulls, but, um, Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel like all those lanterns. I mean, I, I really have come around to thinking like all those lanterns are, are kind of like almost overpowered. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's that's hard because like there's just some that aren't great. I mean, I guess I could have taken Dexstar. <laughs> he's a good kitty. Ca- he's yeah. a good kitty. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the yeah. worst <laughs> origin of all time. Oh, isn't it terrible? Yes. And oh I'm. My you, gosh. you know, it also shows why. My problem with like the Didio led DC is what comic company gets like some gets some like penetration with like a, a rage kitty and doesn't do a one shot of Crypto vs. Dexstar. <laughs> but they, they they left money on the table. That's yeah, what they, they did. did. Money on the table. Especially when they don't do that, but we get um we get like Arsenal beating up homeless people in a back alley with uh with a dead cat while he's high in that same era. Did JT Krull do that? Uh, I, I don't know. I think that was a JT Krull fuck up. Oh, that that's one of the, the, the whole, um, I mean, James Robinson is, is responsible for cry for justice. though. I think editorial had something to do with that, but the, the complete assassination of Arsenal 
in the Cry for Justice was a travesty in general. Yes. That should not have been made. No. And the follow-up, which was, was that, what was the follow-up? Um. No, was was Cry for Justice the follow-up? Or was that I'm not sure. The whole thing with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible. The truth of the matter is that, that Cry for Justice was terrible, and it it ruined uh, a bunch of characters who were in it. And they didn't do their research on the people who were in it. Like they're just everybody's just angry in it. Green Arrow kills Prometheus, just like cold blooded murder, and calls it yeah. justice. No, that's revenge. They don't do any research because this was post Trials of Shazam. So Freddie Freeman's wearing the red suit, but they don't know how his powers work. They assume it's the same way, and it's not. Well, they just thought – well, but, like, they thought – in that era, they thought Freddie Freeman was just edgelord Billy Batson. Yeah, and that's not what Freddie is. That's well, not the, what Freddie's ever been. That's not what he was in, in the trials. Like, The ugh. problem, too, is, like, this is, like, what DC did in the aughts, which was they went for shot kills all the time. And so then now we're stuck in this universe where they've killed all these side characters and it shrunk the universe horribly. There was no reason, no reason at all to have the death of Leon Harper. Like, it, no, it, that was one of the more egregious ones, in my opinion. The, mm-hmm. the only the only one worse than her is what they did to Sue Dibney. That is they were that is without a doubt awful. the worst thing they've ever done. And that'll always be, I don't care. You can talk about things Didio did for, you can hype him up and blow as much smoke up your ass as, as much as you want. But he is the guy that raped Sue Dibney and had her killed with a flamethrower. And in, this, in the same stroke ruined Gene Loring. See, Gene Loring ending up as the host of Eclipso was cool, but that's that's the only thing out of that that I would say had any positive. Like Identity Crisis was awful. How do, how do you how do you have the Batman not think about tracing a phone call? Well, how do you I, have why do you have Kyle Rayner try to punch Deathstroke? Because they want the editorial said we want to make Deathstroke a thing, so make him a thing. But the, so even, apparently you can throw the atom around with a laser pointer. But even like the Gene Loring thing was dumb because her and Ray Palmer had like mutually gone their separate ways. Yeah. In, in earlier stuff and it was shown that they were both okay with it and then she's like fucking cuckoo bananas because they broke up oh god that just enrages me and like really the the dr light raping sue dibney thing is one of the most tasteless things i've ever seen in a comic book yeah yeah i don't like to throw out like allegations or accusations specific ones where it's like because it's a lot of times people do it and they're engaging in hyperbole it's like you should not paint with such a broad brush but i i will absolutely say like i think that like it it was effectively misogynistic it was it was it it gets overused overused but like that's i think i think that was where the the fridging thing really caught some Mm-hmm. some heat because that was like that was like textbook fridging and i disagree with people that use that about 95 percent of the time just because most of them use like the fridging term just to be like something bad happened to a female character but mm-hmm. like the what they did there like it was absolutely fridging 100 yeah. percent like textbook 
fridging and um it was fucking gross they took two beloved characters who happened to be females and just killed them off for shock value. Well, they ruined Dr. Light too, though, because like, I was mm-hmm. like, I, I used to like Dr. Light and I was like, Oh, should I take it for my team? And the first thing that pops in your head when you think of Dr. Light now, I was like, Oh, nope. um, yeah, that one ain't happening. I even feel that like after that, like they, they, they did a whole explanation where he was just like, Oh yeah, I just like to rape. And it's like this, what, this is the direction you're taking this character. Well, I don't think he, has he really done much since then? No. Since he got mind wiped. I don't think they've used him anymore because like he's got that whole stigma stigma attached and you can't even it fucked up the superhero Doctor Light too. They haven't really used her much. Oh no, they haven't. Yeah, it's like you can't get anywhere close to that name right now. Oh, that just But uh, so But Blackfire, good choice. (laughs) Unrepentantly evil. Got him all worked up now. I was already thinking about it because I was debating Dr. Light. And that's like the first thing that pops in your head when you think of him is like, oh, yeah, he did that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So um, that's That's that actually takes us into the reserves. Yeah. So that's our main roster. So my reservist is going to be a bankroller, someone that's not necessarily going to always be around because he's a little flighty and um when you've been around for millions of years, like being flighty is probably, you know, your thing. So I'm going to actually take as my first reservist. I'm going to take Vandal Savage. As soon as you said, as soon as you said that thousands of years, I was like Vandal Savage right there. So he's more of a guy that'll just pop in and out, you know, bankroll the whole thing. Um, yeah. Probably have his own agenda with like their stuff. But yeah, that's that's my first reservist. There, gosh, Savage is. You can do so much with him. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just from everywhere he's been and everywhere he's seen, everything he's seen, you've got so many possibilities. It's really, it's really fascinating what you could do with with Vandal Savage. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because he could just be like, well, how are we going to do that? And he's like, oh, by the way, this is something I happen to have. And he reaches in his back pocket and he's like. A, artifact here you go this is what you're going to use for it. it's like how do you have that he says i've always had that ever since it happened you know it, this is this is the sword alexander the great used to cut the gordian knot by the way now it'll you can use it to open any lock yep i've had that since then he cut the knot and dropped it and like turned around to the cheering of the fans and i swept it out, switched it out for another sword or you could do anything like that oh, wow that yeah that's a that is a that is a great reservist pick So you're up, Shad. Um, okay, so my first reservist, you know, something I don't have on my squad is I don't have a tech person. Now, I had said earlier that I wanted to make sure that the people on my main roster were folks who could who could reliably take the field for those big, you know, multiple page spread throwdown fights and that sort of stuff. But your tech guy doesn't have to be one of them. So... I have decided to reach back, and this is why I was asking about Amazo earlier. I'm not taking Professor Ivo, but I'm taking Thomas Oscar Morrow because he's the one that built Red Tornado. He helped build, um, what was it? Uh, was it Amazing Woman? Or Tomorrow Woman. 
uh, the Tomorrow yeah. Woman um, android. Basically, they could just have Tomorrow in an underground lab somewhere, and they just – Sinestro drops by every now and then like, hey, this is what we're doing. I need you to work on stuff for it. And Tomorrow's like, okay, I'll work on that. And they just come back and get it later. So to me, it's 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 a great reservist pick and you know someone you can have there. Just drop him in whenever you need him. It's a good choice. I actually didn't think about that one. You know, I hadn't either. Um, and then I was talking to my brother about it, and he's like, well, why don't you have a mad scientist character? And I'm like, oh. Oh, DC Mad Scientist. And I, I started leafing through, and I was like, ah, Morrow has always – Thomas Oscar Morrow has had a soft spot in my heart ever since I – I found his hero click where his combat was derived off of the hero click is him in a lab coat with a pair of tongs holding, <laughs> holding like chemical vials to fling at things. I have to say and, I'm a little disappointed in you, Shad. Was that? Cause professor Sylvana's right there and you didn't take him. Professor Sylvana's a backstabber and he would try and take control. But that's fun. Like, but that's not what the, that's not what my team's predicated on. Dr. Savannah, we'd have too many too many chiefs, and the idea here is that Black Adam and Sinestro were trying to form a cohesive group. They could kind of punch up a little bit, so that's why I didn't take Dr. Savannah. I've already got Black Adam for my, my Shazam family insert, but uh, I did think about Dr. Savannah. So, Matt, we're up for your two... Um, through your reserves. Okay, I am going to go. Uh, it's like I get two picks because I snakes. I'm going to choose one. I, I was thinking, uh, Shad, specifically about yours and okay. your choices. And I'm yeah. thinking like, you know, like Shad has a good point. It's like he, he got a couple magic users. Like I don't have any real like magic users on my team. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Grundy is kind of magical, but I I would not describe him. So he's not going to be like doing spells and stuff like no. that. But, no, but he is uh, magic based. Yeah, that's that's true. But uh, as a reservist, someone who would not be a regular part of the team, but could be called upon when there are magic related schemes and things to be done by Brainiac or Brainiac wants to be accomplished. Mm -hmm. uh, I would go with uh, I believe he has been a, a Justice League villain. Before, uh, I will go with Felix Faust. Felix Faust. Uh, like Sorcerer Extreme. Like he's yeah. – uh, yeah, he's uh, – he I, – I, looking it up, I guess he was in the live-action version of Constantine from a few years back. I don't know. I never watched that. Uh, but he has been used before in uh, – again, the Justice League. I believe there that the Justice League Unlimited, I think – wasn't he in an episode of that? Yes, I, he was. Yeah. 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 I I vaguely remember that episode, but he I feel was like in interesting. He hmm? was in one of the Super Friends, I think. Really? Oh, really? The Galactic, hmm. the the one with that had Darkseid in it all the time that wasn't Super Friends anymore. I think he might have made a appearance hmm. in. Huh. I, could I had not thought of that one. Hmm. He's an interesting. He's an interesting character. Oh, he, he is. He's unrepentantly awful too. He's he's yeah. unfortunately because modern day writers suck. He's kind of been relegated to a C-lister these days because people mm -hmm. don't have the creativity to like 
use him properly. Yeah. Oh God, he is just he is just evil as shit though. Yep, he was <laughs> in the Superpowers team. He was in an episode, um, and he was voiced by Peter Cullen. Wow. Hmm. See, I'm not gonna go down that road. I'm gonna leave that alone. Oh, and he was, amusingly. He was in the the DC animated universe. He was um, voiced by Robert England. AKA Freddy Krueger. Yep. Wow. That's that's pretty cool. Looking it up on Wikipedia, I regret that I have not seen this entire series and I should probably rectify that. Uh, he had an appearance in Batman Brave and the Bold. That is <laughs> really <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. So that that um that show is astounding. Like it is it is really that, good. Um yeah. It has the best version of Aquaman that has ever oh, yes. existed by far. Oh, outrageous. outrageous. We have talked about that a long time ago. Like some in our earlier episodes, we talked about that show. It's a fantastic show. It's, I mean, I think Batman the Animated Series is the best of all time. Batman the Brave and the Bold is really good. And I haven't even seen, like, remotely it's, I haven't seen. It's really like a tribute to, the, like, this. It's kind of a tribute to the 60s. Serious. It is, but it's it's like fun. It's at times like if it's very whimsical. And they dig deep into the DC universe, like that, like Bolana Beast. Yes, has multiple appearances on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's just a really fun show. I guess he was in a he appeared in an episode of that. I I should probably like just buy the that series if it's on if it's all on DVD. I, I know. I've been telling myself I should get it because it's so fun. Like it's so. It fun. is very fun. It's very so, fun. Matt, mm-hmm. I went to TV Tropes to look up Felix Faust, mm-hmm. and he's listed as a character under Justice League Dark. Here is his write up. His his little blurb: the mm-hmm. biggest dick to ever speak a magic spell, <laughs> 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 and his never ending quest for more power. I mean, that's the thing that I, again, I like about him is that they, they, he is like underutilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that I would, I, I struggle because I think that Marvel Comics and DC Comics both do things very, very well. And I think that DC Comics does have like an established uh, magic users, magic characters, mm-hmm. uh, which are oftentimes well done. But I do think that Marvel does arguably a better job of making their their Marvel characters, at least like the big heavy hitters, to be more important, it seems. Marvel protects uh, their... So Marvel's done a better job, in general, of protecting their C-tier characters than DC has, too. Yes. Um, I would say that certain Marvel magic users, like Doctor Strange... Uh, and I guess more in, at least in the Marvel universe, like cinematic universe, like Scarlet Witch and some of the other characters. Like I felt like they're presented as like a big deal and they're, they've made them like very important, not C tier characters. Marvel has a Uh, much more, I feel like the, like the astral plane and stuff is a bigger part of Marvel. Yeah. But I do think that a lot of DC comic stuff, like the characters do feel overall like more important. It's just they're not really utilized well. But if if Felix Foss was in the Marvel Universe, he'd be like they probably have done like a a summer long major crossover with him, like doing something 
really evil. Yeah, because... And everyone having to stop him. I agree with that, because, like, Doctor of Fate, they don't use well. And even, like, the Spectre, they, they really miss the boat on more than they do. Like, in the 90s, they had a really good mix of all this stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like... I feel like to about... Shad probably knows this, too. What, 2002 or 2003 is about, like, when they hit their creative apex, and they've never, like, gotten anywhere near that again. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem with Dr. Fate is that if he is available and unfettered, he's just so magically capable that he can shut damn near anything down. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, you're like, oh, Dr. Fate's on the field. Okay, is is the host, like, at odds with Naboo? No. Okay, does he actually know all the spells and that? No. Um... How exactly are we going to deal with Dr. Fate not just winning this fight? And that's a like in through the JSA run, they're like, Dr. Fate's on the team. And they're like, oh, where is he? And they're like, uh, yeah, that's a good question. The reason you didn't see him was because they're like, look, it, here's another mage that I thought about taking, but he's such a duplicitous backstabbing prick that I couldn't. I, I felt like Sinestro and Black Adam wouldn't trust him. Is like picking up Mordrew, incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. and like you even even Mordrew on the field, Mordrew had to like sucker punch Fate and get him off the field, or Fate would have just shut him down. And so, Fate is uh, Doctor Fate is potentially so powerful that unless you hamstring him in some way, you don't really have a fight. It's just Fate does something and it's game over. The helmet at one point did consider Detective Chimp. There is a one shot of, of that. <laughs> That's wonderful. It was about when Shadow Pact was was out. Oh, Shadow Pact was a lot of fun. Yeah, I because um, what was Days of Vengeance? Was that there? Day of Vengeance was uh, Day of Vengeance. Shadow Pact. The Shadow Pact helped. Captain Marvel as part of the Day of Vengeance arc. Okay. Because that was where the Spectre didn't have a host, and Gene Loring Eclipso was manipulating the Spectre into. That's right. Trying to destroy magic, but since magic is is basically a primal force, you can't destroy it. You can just change it. And so he's going around wrecking a bunch of stuff that doesn't need to be wrecked, because Alexander Luther, it was part of his plan. Um. But that's that goes down a whole other path. He has the uh, sword now. Um, just as an aside. Oh, Detective Chimp does. Yeah, he has. Um, I don't remember the guy's name. Oh God, no, I can't remember his Is name either. Nightmaster, maybe. Yeah, it's Nightmaster. Yeah, he has his sword now, and he's an alcoholic because he hangs out yes. in the, the bar all the time. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um. So, Matt, who's that bring for your other uh, reserve pick? My other reserve pick, it's uh, much like with Felix Faust, uh, more specialized. Okay. Uh, and this is kind of like a cheap one because I feel like he he's a pretty big villain. But uh, I'm going to go with Black Manta. Okay. Uh, That's a good pick. For any, any sort of like ocean-based uh, storylines. I know Ocean Master was picked. He's a great villain. Uh, I'll just go with like Black Manta. Now, now Black Manta could be... One of the reasons why he would be just like a reservist that that Brainiac would just sometimes use uh, for his schemes is because Black Manta is very opinionated. He has his own schemes and goals to go. 
so he wouldn't necessarily be in line with everything that Brainiac would want to do. If it didn't work for Black Manta, he's like, he's not feeling it, brother. Like, he's not going to go yeah, down that, that path. <laughs> and he's kind of just like a dick. So uh, yeah. I, he would be more reservist. Like, it would be anything kind of ocean-related uh, with the water, things of that nature. Because uh, you might – you could also, like, obviously you could go storylines where they're running a foul of Aquaman or someone else like that. Uh, so that could be fun. Uh, but he is kind of, like, too too much of his own, like, arrogant jerk to actually like be a full-on team member so yeah. that's why he would be your service for me fair enough again there's just that 70 percent of the plant that we got to take into account right mm-hmm. that's a lot of and he's vicious as hell um mm-hmm. i mean what he he just killed what aquaman's son at one point just to be a dick didn't he yep so all right um that comes to my second reservist, doesn't it? Yes, oh, it does. So I, I was conflicted here because there were um, – I was in this place where I was like, okay, I, my initial reservist pick here was going to be calculator. But I don't need calculator because I have two, for lack of a better term, field captains. Uh, Sinestro and Black Adam can both lead the team. Morrow is there for the tech stuff. So what would what would Calculator really do? What would he really add? Doesn't feel like a whole lot. Then I considered, and this would be a deep pull, but I considered the atomic-powered Major Force as someone to have. Um, Major Force is vicious. And, you, you know, know got I, I was Howard. considering him because I just read that... Um... That Green Lantern run. But I'm not taking him um, because, yeah, he'll take orders, all that sort of stuff. But what does he do? What does he really do that someone else doesn't have? You know, he's he's more than anything. He's really a bruiser, but he can do some quantum stuff. But that's so niche. And I was like, wait a minute. I know what I'm missing here. I know exactly what I don't have because I have looking down my list. Even if some of the people here would not be affected by it, this some of them would, and this could be a big stumbling block. You know, you're out there doing stuff, and then all of a sudden, Martian Manhunter gets in your head, and you're just like, "Ah, oh, God, I can't think." Which is why my reserve pick here is going to be Henry King Jr. Brainwave. Hmm. He was part. Of, he was part of the the Black Rain with Black Adam that. Uh, conquered Kondok. Okay. Incredibly powerful psychic. Uh, started out as a member of Infinity Inc., but then kind of flipped and decided, no, no, I, you know, rolled with, uh, decided to roll with, uh, with Black Adam and, um, Oh, he was and, in Blackest Night, so I have seen him in something. Okay. His um, body was, at least. He can. Here's the th- the thing that happened in Black Rain is he was actually able to get into Captain Marvel's head and force him to sh- say Shazam and turn him back into Billy Batson. Like that's the level of psychic we're dealing with. So, um, the uh, yeah, there you go. I get my uh, my psychic power back here and um, and and 
you know, just have have a little uh, have a little uh, ace up my sleeve for that sort of stuff. All right, Brad, we need your reservist here. Uh, I'm just gonna take a sentimental favorite. Uh, he he wouldn't have any real job other than killing people, so I'm gonna take Deadshot for my my last one. All right, Deadshot does the same thing I do. He's like um he's one of my top DC guys for. I I really enjoyed him in Fearsome Five. Mr. Fearsome Five, right? I like him. I like him for, cause I I want to like Deathstroke, and I really liked him in the Teen Titans cartoon. But man, they get just dumb with him in the comics now. <laughs> like they just yeah. get—it's absolutely ridiculous. And and Deadshot has a lot of the qualities I like about Deathstroke, but they don't get into like the ridiculously overpowered, like, hoodoo with him. Okay, yeah, that's that's very. He's a he, my as you might see from the name, he is a very good shot, but he's not got all this other like over the top. This vague like power that lets him like like one shot Superman. Super good, yeah, yeah like not that stupid crap. Uh, and I like that. The thing is, I like Deathstroke, but it's like those weird things where like some some writer will get a hold of him and it just gets stupid though i do want to read um christopher priest did a run with him a couple years ago i really want to check out okay because i'm usually down for anything that christopher priest does because he has what i would consider to be the um i'd say the iconic run on black panther Mm -hmm. um so i would agree yeah. I don't know if I don't know if that's like the agreed upon thing in the comic world because, you know, that stuff gets weird. But yeah, he he did that. He did um oh what were their names? Quantum and Woody from Valiant, which is really good. Uh, he's a really underrated writer. Gotcha. All right, so I'm gonna do a quick recap of our teams here. Um, Matt. Your team is Brainiac, Ebard Thon, Solomon Grundy, Cheetah, Lady Shiva, Felix Faust, and Black Manta. Correct. Mine is Sinestro, Black Adam, Hunter Zolomon, Circe, Ocean Master, Thomas Oscar Morrow, and Brainwave. And Brad is Captain Cold, Grodd, Bizarro, Amazo, Blackfire, Vandal Savage, and Deadshot. Um, I got a couple of observations for you guys. If you don't, if you're down for it. Um, Matt, your team is vicious as hell. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not nice people. <laughs> well, okay, Brainiac, cold calculating, like very detached way of looking at it. Between Thawn, Faust, Manta, and depending on how Cheetah and Shiva are written, like that is that is just vicious. There's a good chance they might kill each other midway through like a fight too. Yeah, um, p- potentially. You might need um, you might need some Amanda Waller on the side with like brain bombs for that <laughs> team. <laughs> God, that that is like we got to call out the heavy guns and shut this down now. Uh, kind of scary. Like that is that is a scary group of people right there. Uh, Brad, your your squad has some seriously heavy hands going on 
between Grodd, Bizarro, Amazo, and Blackfire, like that is a lot of strength to bring to bear. Um, that you got some serious muscle floating there. Well, even Vandal Savage has muscle too. Yeah, well, I mean, he does, but uh, not in those the comparison. Four, yeah, those four bring just a lot to the table. You guys got some scary teams. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I th- if I wouldn't have gotten Bizarro, I would have taken Solomon Grundy. It's kind of funny that Matt and I both see them as like an interchangeable mm-hmm. character for the most part. Oh, man. Yeah, that's um. well, yeah, because then you've, you've got remorseless muscle that you can direct at things and just just smash things to pieces. Yeah. You have, I think, I think Shad has the most like thinky team of, of the three. Yeah. Well, I, my reserves certainly help with that. Yeah. But uh, I don't. Yeah. Um. I don't think. I think everybody on my team is at least dec- is somewhat clever, at least. So. Um. Yeah, I, I think I think the uh, the synergy of the squad would would be the real the real strength to it. All right, so there it is, the Legions of Doom. Um, guys, do you have any other thoughts you wanted to wanted to throw out for for any of the? Anybody you thought about and didn't drop in or uh, anything like that? I was going to say, I I find it interesting that um, if you were to think about this in the Marvel landscape, the Marvel characters don't like the Marvel villains don't mesh as well, like between like types and and characters and stuff. So I don't think it would work as well with Marvel because they're all very individualized. Whereas like the DC universe characters are much more fluid and like kind of go together it's kind of an interesting contrast in approaches to, to like a comic series. Because like if you if you go over to Marvel, like Doctor Doom's not gonna work with anyone for long. <laughs> no, Doctor yeah. Doom's that he he would if they answered to him. Yeah. But who are you gonna get to do that? Yeah. Red Skull's not gonna be any part of that. That's um, I'm trying to think off the t- Red Skull, Doc Ock. Um, Norman Osborn, like none of them are going to be like, yeah, I can work with Dr. Doom. That'd be, yeah. you know, Magneto. None of, they're all going to be like, no, I should be in charge. No, I should like, you couldn't even begin to make a team with that. Dr. Octopus is probably the most agreeable out of those guys that you would put in charge of a team to like work with other people. Yeah. And, but even then it's like, how, how much would someone like Doom or Magneto listen to him? Yeah. So it's it's interesting, the contrast there, because I think the Marvel it's it's really like the difference in the Marvel universe in general, where everyone has a bit of a loner in them versus DC. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah, it, it, it seems like the DC folks are more likely to make partnerships. Well, that's that's the problem with like how they've approached DC for a long time is is um. DC is supposed to be brighter and cheerier and the characters are supposed to be a little more happy and get along with each other. Whereas Marvel's supposed to be like the more realistic. Everyone's a bit of a jerk face. 
um, even at the best of times. But like DC's the same now. Yeah, which I, I don't like. Well, that. Brad, it, it really shouldn't be right and cheerful. We need grim dark. We need yes. grim dark all the time. I don't. Every character, every character must be a dark and gritty version. Remember, we did I... Kingdom Come and we said like, wow, Batman's kind of cute and cuddly, like when they're writing him <laughs> to be grim dark compared to how he's been for like twenty years. Yeah, I don't well, like grim dark. I well, we talk, I'm sorry. I like we, it, but it has, but it has its place, which is not everything. Yeah. Well, it's and it's kind of it's oh, it's been played out at this yeah. point. Um, but what I was going to say, Shad, is that it, again we talked about how it they kind of were parroting Grimdark, mm-hmm. uh, and now here we are, like twenty five years later, and people like Dan Didio took it. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's the direction we need to go. Everyone that way. And it's like, no, they were mocking it. Like, that's not like the blueprint. Yeah, this is not good. Yeah. It, see, here's the thing. Like, I don't like. Honestly, I'm not that big a fan of Games Workshop in general, but I prefer mm-hmm. the fantasy Age of Sigmar world because in those cases, yeah, chaos is doing bad stuff. But on the other hand, the forces of order are fighting back, and they're not just getting crushed. And so. I don't like 40K. Everything in 40K sucks all the time. But but the thing is, though, 40K is so grim drac that it's almost a satire of grim drac, like on purpose. That's where it came from. It's in the grim dark future of 40K. And I'm like, oh, God, it's it's so like I understand it gets so far that it circles back to parody on itself. But I, I don't like that. Okay, I, I, I I don't like Grim Drac, but I like it in the case of 40K because, like you said, like they they just go all in on it to the point where it's it's obviously like parody of itself at times. At times, but then at times not. They're just leaning. Well, Matt Ward gets you know. There's this guy who's got a sword and uh, it can kill demons in one hit, and it's like Matt Ward, shut up, go away. <laughs> I. I do think that Grim Dark does work in 40k, uh, but everything pervasively Grim Dark, obviously that becomes like just enough of that. But I actually, I personally think that 40k, to me, like the more compelling stories are the ones where it's like, it's really presented as like people that that are not like the super powered marines taking on all like xenos and things like that it's when they're it's almost like like the, the infantry units like being outnumbered the Imperium stuff yeah the like guard, it, yeah. just being like in like outnumbered they're going to be decimated by chaos marines and other things like that and they they somehow find a way to fight back and, and heroically win the day like that stuff to me like that's more the book interesting the books do the space marines well, like especially yes. like the Dan Abnett written ones, because um, yes, like very well. If you're reading like the um oh who's the Inquisitor's name? Shit, I can't think of his name. There it's a it's a trilogy, but or like the Gaunt's Ghosts, like in the books, especially the ones that Dan Abnett writes, like a single space marine showing up somewhere is a huge deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a single space marine is a problem, even for an infantry. And the Gaunt's Ghost books are really good, especially if you want like World War One style trench warfare. 
mm-hmm. um, which it does. But yeah, oh, and those... that goes to Krieg, doesn't it? You think so? Yeah, because that that's pretty much all Krieg is. Yeah. So, but so in in those books, especially the Abnet ones with the, the Imperial Guard, like the Space Marines are a big problem. Yeah. It, it, so. Here I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw in a plug for a, a podcast series I've been enjoying. Um, the the BPL podcast has been doing a an RPG series called the Magistratum Mundanus, mm-hmm. where you have guys on just a regular 40k world that is growing into a hive world. It's not there yet. They're the regu- they're the run of the mill cops. They're just the cops. But then instead of like the 40k being the instead of looking at the 40k and it being like oh you know it's like katia stands the eye of you know the eye of chaos and it's like no this is like hey there's a rattling gang that's making guns and stuff like that you know it's it's a um you know it's it's a uh it's fun it's fun to listen to and they have a good time um, but by and large, I don't really care for 40k in the same way that I don't – I forgot – how do you have a Superman movie, a grimdark Superman movie? That's – that. yeah, that was a bad, bad choice. That, I mean, I mean, Zack Snyder really ruined that whole universe, and people let him off far too easy. They do. I don't know why. And I, I hate it. Like, I understand, like, the Justice League – Zack Snyder cut was theoretically better because Josh Whedon like really screwed that up. But like a big mm. part of the re- the hole therein is because of him and the fact that he doesn't get superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Batman vs Superman was so terrible. I didn't watch it. It's I bad. didn't want to watch it. It's legit bad. You'd never seen a show? No, it's I didn't bad. want to watch it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to break with uh, with Brad here. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it is uh, to me. Oddly, it's one of those movies that it's like, well, this isn't good. But for some reason, I I will continuously watch it if it's on TV. If you if you like if, like if TNT has it on, I'll be like, oh, I can throw this on while I'm like cleaning. I'm washing dishes, something in the background. If you think of it as alien guy versus Frank, the crazy hobo like it, it kind of works if you take the Batman and Superman parts out of it. But uh, I, I do say I will say I do. I am glad they're bringing Henry Cavill back because he deserves a chance at a good Superman movie. Oh yes, he was not Henry, the problem. No, Henry Cavill is great. I love mm-hmm. Henry. You know what? Henry Cavill as a guy, as an act, as an actor, I think he's mm-hmm. good. As a guy, I think he's great. Honestly, he he's, yeah. he keeps his nose clean. He has fun with nerd stuff. He seems to really enjoy what he's doing. Great. I am thrilled. And I like um, that he told the Witcher people off because they. They actively, the writers actively hated the source material, and he told them his rule for like continuing to work for them was staying true to the source material. And he's like, spoiler, they did not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I so, like that he had the um, the force of conviction to say, "Screw you guys, I'm out." Yeah, and get yeah. him. I get him. And he was a good girl. Like that show had a lot of problems. 
but it was still entertaining because he drug that crappy script to new depths because he understood being Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. Isn't the third season, which is, I guess, going to be his last, hasn't that not even dropped yet? I don't think so. Hmm. I have actually yet to see a single episode of that. I've heard it's it has its ups and downs. Like the he's really good as Geralt, um, and it has its moments. But mm-hmm. like the second season really doesn't deliver on the first season. The best way I can put, I haven't watched any of Witcher either, and it's just because I don't feel compelled to try and dig into another fantasy setting right now. It's, it's like I the books I just are, don't care that much. The books and the short stories are fun, especially like because some of them are just straight up like satire. Like he runs into like his friends that's like one of his friends that's upset and he lives in this magical castle with all these like moving things and you realize like he's hanging out with the beast and beauty like ran off. Oh, um, like okay. so, so they do they do goofy stuff like that in some of the books that's fun and Geralt's like an interesting character I would actually recommend just playing Witcher 3 because it's um it's a really interesting it's a really interesting setting um and he's a good like protagonist okay alright well here we are at the uh the end of our End of our draft. We're hoping for a brighter DC in the future, but there's our Legions of Doom. Hey, everybody out there, guys, unless you had anything else you wanted to throw out, I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to cut you off. No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So uh, we would love to hear from you on social media. What, uh, you know, did you like our, our squads? Did you not like our squads? What would you have replaced? Um, and tell Shad why he's wrong about 40K, please. <laughs> You know what? Go ahead. Throw that my way. I'd be interested in hearing about it. But uh, with all of that, uh, do we, had we figured out what's on the horizon yet, Brad? Uh, Clash of the Champions, I think 21 next week. Um, then we're going to do – then we're going to like have our Christmas break. We're going to replay Super Brawl 2, which will get us through February. Then I think – that goes into the debut episode of Saturday night um, in like April of 92. And then I think that goes into Wrestle War 91. I think that's where our Dangerous Alliance um, view party is going. Okay. There might be a clash in there somewhere, but I think that I think clash goes from like January to June of that year. Cause I know we go like, we have like one show in like a three month period. And I think we have like three shows in like a six week period that follow that. Cause I think, I think we get like hit with beach blast, beach blast clash 22, like um, great American bash, like in a really short period of time, like from, I think like early June to like mid July has those three Mm -hmm. shows. Okay. All right. Well, that's where we're, that's what we're looking at. And so, with all of that, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. We'll catch you next time.